Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national feminist current affairs program produced by women and gender non-conforming people at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, on Wurundjeri country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Iris Lee. On today's Women on the Line, we hear from two grassroots days of activism, one in solidarity with Palestine on the Nakba, and the latter in the program, International Sex Workers' Rights Day. First, we hear from a rally on the Nakba held by Solidarity for Palestine, Nam Melbourne, in May. The Nakba is a day of mourning and protest for Palestinians. It recalls a day of catastrophe in 1948, when more than 700,000 Palestinians were forced from their home for the beginnings of the violent settler colonial state of Israel, which continues to be an ongoing catastrophe for Palestinian lives and rights. We hear first from Rally Chair Hanan. Now, Palestinian resistance is at on a really important note right now. We've just recently elected Scott Morrison, Como, <laughs> as our Prime Minister. And as we know, he was more than happy to try and push to recognise Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and even propose moving the embassy. So we know that we have a big battle on our hands, that Palestinian identity and resistance is at a threat. Here in Australia, we know that our government is going to be collaborating with Israel. We'll be supporting it and we'll be pushing motions in support of its occupation and oppression. Shame. Shame. But we also know that we are strong of heart and that we are willing to come out and resist and have our voices heard. But it means that we need to be more vocal than, more, than ever before. We need to be willing to come out and stand with the Palestinians more than ever before. Because right now we know, here in Australia, they're going to be even more vocal and supportive of Israel's crimes. Shame. And they will be whitewashing Israel's crimes, as they have done for decades. Speak to your friends, speak to your families, speak about Palestine. Be prepared. Because Palestine, at the moment, is in a very difficult state. We've had a year of thousands of people marching. Hundreds killed, thousands killed, over 20,000 injured. And yet, the Gaza blockade still exists. The biggest open-air prison in the world still exists. So we know the fight for Palestinian justice is a long and hard one. But we will fight. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Thank you, everyone. Now our next speaker is a passionate Palestinian activist 
please give her a warm welcome, Sarah Bustani. To the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, thank you for allowing us to gather on your country and for demonstrating the resilience that we Palestinians strive to embody every day. Your daily struggle to advocate for self-determination and to preserve the cultures, traditions and languages of First Nations peoples is a reality that we share and we are privileged to support you however we can and to learn from you in our joint call for justice and due recognition. I acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and pay my deepest respects to elders past, present and emerging. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you all. Nakba means catastrophe. Catastrophe is the word we use to describe the events that took place in Palestine on the 15th of May, 1948. The reality, as you've heard this morning, is that the Nakba started well before then. And although some try, many try, there's no denying that that catastrophe is far from over. On this day, 71, on this 71st anniversary of the Nakba, most people will remember first the events of 1948. More than 750,000 people, three quarters of the Palestinian population at that time, were expelled from their homes and either displaced or forced to flee from Palestine entirely, ethnically cleansed and replaced by Zionist settlers from around the world. Those expelled have been forced to rebuild their lives and to raise their future generations in foreign lands with grim prospects of returning home. Many will also remember one of the most infamous of massacres carried out by Zionist militias that same year, one of the earlier examples of Zionist terrorism. Deir Yassin is the village where 254 men, women and children were dragged from their homes and executed in a campaign to cleanse the land of native Palestinians. The result of the events in 1948 was the reoccupation of Palestine, this time by Zionist forces marking the creation of apartheid Israel. On this day, 71 years later, we must also remember the catastrophic events that have followed 1948 and are very much a part of our present day reality. More so obviously for the men, women and children living in Palestine who are challenged every day by the occupation forces and the world's readiness to overlook their experiences of grave injustice. The traumas of our past echo loudly on days like these as we are reminded of a history that continues to shape our future. Today, as global powers prepare to wipe the Palestinian cause off the world's agenda, we are in desperate need of fortifying our commitment to stand in solidarity with one another, to globalise our cause and to pressure global powers into demanding justice for the victims of the Nakba. To our ancestors, please know that we cherish your legacy of resilience and intend to honour it every single day. To our older generations, thank you for the work that you have done in defense of Palestine and for your example of compelling advocacy and pride in our identity and connection through land and culture. To my Palestinian brothers and sisters, especially those emerging as young leaders of the Palestinian cause, you are so, so incredibly precious and I urge you never to forget how powerful you are as individuals but more so as a collective. To those here today without Palestinian heritage, Thank you for recognising the global significance of the occupation of Palestine. The state of global politics today is disheartening to say the least, but I genuinely believe in our ability to disrupt the status quo. 
I believe in the morality of our cause, and I believe in the strength of our conviction. And with that, my faith in our inevitable triumph will never fade. Thank you all. Thank you, Sarah. For many Palestinians, the Al Nakba was the start of the catastrophe. Many of us have stories linked to 1948. I personally, my family personally, have direct links to Zionist terrorist atrocities. In the first terrorist attack that happened in Yaffa, my grandma happened to be in the building that was blown up. It murdered three of my aunties and blinded my grandma. It set off the story of Palestinian oppression. It set off the story of continued murder and killing of Palestinian people. Many of us in Palestine have numerous stories of families being locked up in prisons for years and decades without a charge. Many of us have families who have been shot and killed for daring to say they're a Palestinian or to carry a Palestinian flag which is illegal in Israel right now. But then again, many Palestinians have history of support from people around the world. Well, your solidarity supports us, inspires us, and encourages us to continue to resist this oppression. You have been listening to the Rally in Solidarity with Palestine on Anakba in Melbourne in May. Thanks to Ayan Sherwa for the recording. Now we turn to International Sex Workers' Rights Day held annually in June 2nd. At the end of May, I spoke with Elena Jeffrey, sex worker coordinator with Respecting Queensland, on 3CR Community Radio's Queering the Air. You can find the full interview at 3cr.org.au slash Queering the Air. Here I air excerpts where Elena talks about the origins of International Sex Workers' Rights Day with rebellion by sex workers in Lyon, France, in 1975 followed by current sex worker campaigns. In June 1975, it was their third big protest. They occupied a church in Lyon, um, which at the time was like central city Lyon, like it's right on the water, it's in the middle of everything. It's a big old Gothic church. And um, when they occupied that church, there was a lot of left-wing media attention and a lot of um, kind of high-profile social progressives that were giving the protest visibility and it broke through the main, into the mainstream media. So that occupation ended up on front pages, newspapers all over the world. I mean, those sex workers in Lyon, they weren't necessarily coming from a place of social empowerment. Mm. They were coming from a place of being really crushed by the police for many years. And one of the earlier protests, the police pretty much gathered them up and surrounded them and instead of letting them march on the route that had been approved for them to march on, they marched them straight into the detention centres that are underneath the main square of the Leon City and just held everybody overnight for example. Mm. So their protest action, as well as the fact that many of their colleagues were being arrested, sent to jail, having their kids removed and, you know, everything that we know happens today still, um, they also were fighting against what seemed to be 
a completely impenetrable social stigma that meant not only are the police doing these terrible things, but they're just that nobody cares and we protest it and nobody cares. Um, police brutality is still, you know, is unchanged, very real in sex workers' daily work lives. Um, this is, you know, in France, conditions are probably worse now than they were in mm -hmm. 1975. Um, the anti-trafficking agenda, which has come more to play since the kind of early 90s, um, has really ramped that up to be a full-scale war on whores, um, you know, across the board, the deliberate conflation of trafficking and sex work, um, which gives police a free kick all the time um, and is just so relevant in any every country on the globe, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, 2nd of June, we remember um, and we talk about the future as well. Across these stolen lands now called Australia, you have been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. You have been listening to Elena Jeffries from Respect Inc. Queensland. Now listen to her speak to current sex worker campaigns in Australia. Very basis. So um, campaigns are run on a state and territory basis to lobby those governments to amend the laws and basically remove the criminalisation laws, most of which came into effect around the 1880s, but then there's also since then been a new wave in the 80s and 90s of licensing laws that have also cracked down on sex workers. And so there's three major campaigns being run at the moment, one in Northern Territory, one in South Australia and one in Queensland. The bill that is before South Australian Parliament is a full decriminalisation bill. It decriminalises street-based sex work, it removes police intervention in brothels, private work, um, and it includes anti the introduction of anti-discrimination protections for sex workers as well. Um, up here in Queensland, we're running... We're not at, at the stage of having an actual bill before Parliament, but we are at this time lobbying for government to sit up and listen. It's now Labor Party policy in Queensland for the, mm. that the full decriminalisation of sex work be considered and brought before Parliament. Um, and we are running the campaign with a collective, so it's a volunteer collective that is a subcommittee of Respect Inc., which is the funded sex worker organisation. And it's very much led by sex worker voices the, the um, you know the research backs us up, and our personal experiences are really important as well. So we bring all of that um, to our campaigning, um, and I know it's something that Roberta would be really chuffed about. And we're we're getting we we're, we're gonna you know on some level we're making progress because we've got our voice and we're putting our arguments forward. It's too early to say it's done and dusted. We. You know, the South Australian legislation has been before Parliament numerous times and, and then Parliament's prorogued or it's, it's um, fallen off the bill papers and things like that. Um, but, yeah, the, these things are actually happening. Yes, they are. Um, and what ways are you asking for people to support the campaign? Well, the first thing you can do is go to the RESPECT website, which is respect qld.org.au 
And on the website, you can go to the decriminalisation page and check out a bunch of our resources. So we've made some um, different infographics on different topics and then short videos that go with each of those topics. Um, we'd like people to be better informed about what the laws actually mean for sex workers' lives. Currently, it is illegal to implement basic safety strategies for sex work in Queensland. Texting another worker when your client arrives or your client leaves is illegal and it is policed in Queensland. Um, the wording of our advertising is highly regulated and police use the wording of our advertising to get approval to come and do a sting on your workplace. And the first thing they do is grab sex workers' phones and laptops and notebooks to try to prove that you've been communicating with another sex worker and then you and the other sex worker are both can both be charged for participating in the provision of prostitution, which is the um, 1886 law. So, um, yeah, getting informed is definitely number one. Um, and, look, number two... If you live in listeners who live in Queensland, get in contact with the campaign. We're always happy for, you know, support and things like that. Um, and getting behind sex worker activism in Victoria. You know, Vixen would like... Vixen is also campaigning for decriminalisation in Victoria. Um, as we know, the seat of Richmond was ostensibly won because sex workers campaigned against the Swerf candidate. Kathleen Moulton, you know, we, sex workers, the Labor government should recognise that, you know, we're owed this, we're owed as much as this, we are owed to have police removed as our prosecutors. We don't want to be regulated by the police. We don't want to be told that we can't work with other sex workers, we're not even we're not even meant to work at all without a you know, registration number. All of these things are incredibly oppressive um, and they're being policed today. So building up an understanding of that and trying to incorporate it into your worldview, um, the war on whores is real and it affects everyone. It doesn't just affect sex workers. We're talking about what style of police state we're living in today and it does affect everybody. You've been listening to Elena Jeffries from Respect Inc. Queensland. Now we hear from a rally in Melbourne on International Sex Workers' Rights Day on June 2nd, held by Vixen Collective and Feminist Insurgency. First, we hear from Peaches. Hi, everyone. So, yes, I am Peaches. Um, I'm a co-founder of Actual Sex Workers. Um, we're a feminist organisation speak over and silence actual sex workers. Uh, you can find our rants on Instagram. Um, but I do speak to you today as an individual sex worker. Um, I don't represent all sex workers. No one can. We are as diverse as we are numerous. Uh, I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we gather today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to acknowledge that our activism occurs in the context of a violently imposed colonial state. I'd also like to acknowledge the incredible Indigenous women who've guided me over the years and taught me so much about radical politics. You know who you are. So on May 18th, 
Australia voted in the Liberal government for another term, and this result was largely seen as a disaster for the left. Many were quick to point the finger. Was it Queensland? Was it the fact that Bill Shorten is about as charismatic as a piece of wet cardboard? Well, I'll, I'll spare you my hot take, uh, but I'm sure that you've all noticed the air of despondency um, as many people have declared that they're moving to New Zealand. Well, I'm not convinced that a Labor government would have been much of an improvement on the Liberals. Ticking boxes is just one small part of the democratic process. As Emma Goldman famously said, if voting achieved anything, it would have been made illegal. Our rights are rarely won by appealing to capricious neoliberal polis. They are won through protest and direct action. As we gather here today on International Whores Day, we consider the fight ahead against SESTA and FOSTA, the devastated sex workers worldwide, but particularly in the United States. And as we push for decriminalization of sex work, while conservative religious lobbyists and swerves, if you care to differentiate the two, mobilize to find new ways to endanger and humiliate sex workers. We have to look beyond the ballot box. As Nate explained, International Whores Day commemorates the occupation of several churches in France by hundreds of sex workers in 1975. The 10-day occupation was in protest of increased police violence. This occupation spurred the formation of the French Prostitutes Collective and later the English Prostitutes Collective, which have fought relentlessly for sex worker rights ever since. Sex workers have a radical history. In some ways, our exclusion from mainstream political spaces is our strength. These are dark days, but only through protest and direct action will we achieve our liberation. This is not light work. This is not a 12-month campaign. This is a marathon that started well before many of us are born and will be carried on by our bebets. Sex worker liberation cannot be considered on its own. It is bound up with struggles against the policing of deviance, suppression of workers, and denial of rights to those who upset the classist white supremacist of patriarchal status quo. Never forget, there are more of us than there are of them. So cancel your flights to New Zealand and get amongst it. There's a big, there's a big fight ahead, and through solidarity and dedication, we can do anything. Happy Horse Day, everyone. Our final speaker is Felina, an individual migrant sex worker, a fierce advocate for migrant sex workers' rights. I want to thank Feminist Insurgency and Vixen for inviting me to speak <laughs> here today. My name is Felina and I speak as an individual migrant sex worker, although I am unsure at what point I am no longer a migrant or count as a sex worker. Things we should consider, especially when given a platform and a position of relative privilege and distance to both the category of migrant and a sex worker. However, I have at least 20 years of experience as a sex worker and I've been a migrant most of my life. That is decades. I have spoken at rallies for many years and I am tired. Each year we talk about the same things, such as the need to fight against radical feminists or how whole dehumanization is what sex workers want. However, this is not what I am here to say today to my fellow activists and allies. I am here to talk about what might be the next steps for sex worker activists. As migrant worker, it is no longer acceptable to rally just for full decriminalization. It will not solve the various visa issues, deportations, and racist police targeting of migrants. This is um, seen in New South Wales where partial decriminalization of sex work is implemented, yet migrant sex workers are still targeted. 
Further, sex workers in New Zealand are celebrating their success in full decriminalization when migrant workers are still criminalized. Written under their so-called decriminalization bill, the Prostitution Bill of 2003, it will be a sad day when we actualize what we asked for and we take a similar path to the LGBTIQ movement to liberalization. Unfortunately, New Zealand shows us that this is exactly where we are headed. After their so-called success of full decriminalization, they are now working happily with the police, while the migrant sex workers work and youth are raided and workers are deported. Additionally, they are spreading their advocacy as a success story across the world despite their dubious status of having decriminalized sex work. It is important to advocate for full decriminalization. However, movement cannot remain white rights first, and we should not be self-congratulatory. Instead, I want to call for a movement to ally with activists working for open borders. Fleeing movements of migrants seem like the only way out of this situation. I do not think figuring out ways to give visas for sex workers will be enough. We might as well strive for the um, small achievements in this area will take immense amount of effort and with very little outcome. We might as well strive for the goals we deserve. This inevitably means questioning the legitimacy of citizenship, the nation, and the government. Oppression and marginalization will remain and be maintained within sex worker communities if we do not ally with First Nations peoples. Westernized Asian people like us must learn to support other people of color. We must support recent migrants to self-advocate and form their own collectives. This is a necessary step given our current world politics. We must also support transgender workers, drug users, street-based workers, and others who are often left out of the movement and the wider LGBTIQ community. I also stress here that this cannot be my rights, my rights first. A reactionary movement where we're only focused on being against the fascists, swerves, and turfs, those that I call pointless academics who resort to asinine theories and solutions, or the equally clueless politicians. This is not to negate the obviously urgent and necessary ground level activities. I am here, I am interested in challenging our movement and our goals so that we may collectively articulate a better society that doesn't require poverty, oppression, and marginalization in order to function. As sex worker activists, we say stigma kills us. The uh, answer cannot be that we are accepted as normal, whilst more marginalized sex workers may still be the targets of this stigma. Instead, we must aim to eliminate the nation's need to have stigmatized people as part of its capitalist function. Perhaps I have come to the limit of sex workers' movement, which has largely been a white feminist movement. Or maybe it is still possible for us to work together. You have been listening to two speeches from a rally on International Sex Workers' Rights Day on June 2nd. June is Radiothon time for Lumen on the Line, and we need your financial support to stay on air. You can show your appreciation for our program by calling 3CR Community Radio up on 03-9419-8377 during business hours and pledging a donation. Alternatively, you can find online donation links on our social media and at 3cr.org.au. Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne on Kulin Nation's land, and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Latigra. 
Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at www.3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.